Hello, and welcome to The Daily Quill, a writing podcast where I give you a daily writing prompt to help you get pen to paper, fingers to keyboard, crayon to wall, or allow your thoughts to just run wild in your head. Today's prompt is titled, Absolute Nonsense. If they, ooye, and k understand a, is they, and they, ooye, and k, ikspe, ikpe, atenle, and a, obrably pray, okspe, is they, ase, aye, ailche. Oh gosh, that took a while to type out and just as difficult to speak. And I know I made some mispronunciations, but for those listening, you may have heard of the made up language pig Latin. To speak this way, you need to take the initial consonant or consonant cluster and transfer it to the end of the word along with the sound A. The English version of this language dates back to around the 1800s and was developed by children attempting to speak in secret, while the song Pig Latin Love in 1919 seemed to solidify it in the American culture. However, versions of Pig Latin or Hog or Dog Latin has apparently been around since the times of Shakespeare and in multiple different countries under a variety of names. Le Charbon in France, Varkens Latin in Denmark, and Martin English in Germany. To the untrained ear, however, it does sound a lot like gobbledygook. Granted, it's gob- gobbledygook with a certain structure, but still seemingly nonsense all the same. However, once you figure out the structure of the language itself, it can be pretty understandable. Nonsense languages are not limited to Pig Latin. Many authors have utilized made-up words and phrases in ways that still make sense to the reader. Though a highly controversial individual, one thing that Dr. Seuss did do well was play with words in a way that made the unintelligible intelligible. Take these different excerpts from The Lorax. Quote, you won't see the onceler. Don't knock at his door. He stays in his lurkum on top of his store. He stays in his lurkum cold under the floor, where he makes his own clothes out muffered moof. Way back in the days when the grass was still green and the pond was still wet and the clouds were still clean and the song of the swami swans rain out in space, one morning I came to this glorious place and I saw the trees, the truffle trees, the bright colored tufts of the truffle trees, mile after mile in the fresh morning breeze and under the trees I saw brown barbalutes frisking about in their barbalute suits as they played in the shade and ate truffle fruits from the ripulous pond came the comfortable sound of the humming fish humming while splashing around. End quotes. One slurs aren't a thing, and myth muffered muff isn't real material. I also know that I have neither seen nor heard of a barbalute in barbalute suits eating truffle fruits. However, I'm still able to visualize the setting, understand which words represent animals or materials or places. A lot of this comes down to context. Lewis Carroll's The Jabberwocky is another great example of brilliant usage of nonsense words and phrases that still tell a comprehensible story. Take a listen to the following. Quote, "'Twas brillig, and the slithy toves did gyre and gimble in the wave. All mimsy wore the borough groves, and the momraths outgrave. Beware the jabberwock, my son, the jaws that bite, the claws that catch. Beware the jub-jub bird, and shun the frumious bandersnatch." He took his vorpal sword in hand, long time the maxim foe he fought. So rested he by the tum-tum tree, and stood a while in thought. 
And as in uffish thought he stood, the Jabberwock with eyes of flame came whiffling through the tuggy wood and burbled as it came. One, two, one, two, and through and through, the vorpal blade went snicker-snack. He left it dead, and with its head he went galumphing back. And hast thou slain the Jabberwock? Come to my arms, my beamish boy. O frabjous day, kaloo, kalay, he chortled in his joy. Twas brillig, and the slithy toves did gyre and gimble in the wabe. All mimsy wore the borough groves, and the momraths outgrabe. End quote. I love reading this poem with my students and taking out different phrases to have them try to draw the setting or the Jabberwocky itself. You can tell which students understand what a noun is, a verb, an adjective, an adverb. Most, most people instinctively understand the structure of our language, even if we don't have the actual vernacular or know how to explain it. But we can take in these pretend words and create sense out of the senseless. But enough philosophy. For today's writing, create a nonsense poem or expository writing. Perhaps you could channel a little Dr. Seuss and make up a children's narrative using made-up creatures and places. Or maybe you'll create a miniature epic like Carol. You could even just describe your day-to-day -day life, but exchange typical words and phrases like brushing your teeth and instead say, I was bristle-brazing my hither-me Jenkins or something out of sorts like that. It's tougher than you think. Something I found that could help would be to write something completely normal at first, then go back in to edit out typical words, only to replace them with something utterly gibberish. Or maybe you want to go a completely different route. Absolute nonsense doesn't necessarily need to be about language. There are things in this world that, when I think about it, is absolute nonsense. I cannot understand particle physics and string theory. I find it absolute nonsense to go out of your way to be mean to someone and then feel hurt when you suffer the consequences. It's your writing. Write about whatever your mind takes you. So grab your pen, paper, keyboard, or quill, and let's get ready to write. Remember, try to write for fluency and consistency for five minutes straight. You'd be surprised what you come up with as you keep on going. On your mark, get set, write.
finish up your final words, thoughts, ideas. Okay, and here is what I ended up writing and hopefully being able to speak out loud. Quote, Ferranging the flipperty gibbets tightly, Jiminy thipped down the littering corterazoid and jammed directly into the jumpery. Daisy swooted and swantered upright, shaking his buzzard reproachfully. What a harmonical quizzard thing to Humbert, he muzzled as to himself as he quished back to the landing. Ah, well, he chirruped and bripped himself to the clam mumpery. Suddenly, a jub-umbling jiffered from the tinkerone, plighting Jiminy to the ground. Bluffers, he squoted. Ver, ver, ver went the jub-umbling, and it continued to proliferate and obtusificate Jiminy. But he fought back, picadialing the jub-umbling until it dittered to the dimazoid. I cannot tell you how hard that was to write and to speak out loud. I type my five minute quick writes and to see all those little red lines is a bit painful. I kept writing real words that were, granted, not normally used, but I tried to keep it to complete gibberish. I'm not truly sure I understand what even happened to Jiminy in this little story, but I hope he's okay. But now it's your turn. Writing is meant to be shared and I love to read other people's work. So if you like, you can share some key phrases or complete works at daily underscore quill on Twitter or Instagram at the daily quill podcast. Let's develop a community of daily writers and scribers who share and support one another. And who knows, maybe I'll feature your work here on the show too. And this is where I leave you. As always, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, philosophies, random things to say for no reason, ukulele, you're always welcome to share that here in the Writer's Playground. So let's go forth and write into the day. Mm -hmm.